Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. Yes, Yay. everyone's favorite Buffy podcast. <laughs> Actually, that was not shade toward anyone else's Buffy podcast. Like, they can all coexist. We like, didn't realize there was a bunch more. Like the, like the different worlds, like the world without shrimp. Um, I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. <laughs> I'm Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by... Carly Lane. Yay. Yay. I want to, I like, I just like when you said Carly, I'm like, oh, let me went to Ray Jepsen. And I was just like... <laughs> I was in a Slack channel with some of my friends uh, over the weekend, and and I have I have notifications set up anytime somebody says Carly, oh. and I kept getting notifications, but they were all talking about Carly Rae Jepsen's music. And I was like, yeah. I see how it is. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that new song is good. <laughs> it is quite good. Um, so before we get started talking about today's episode, which is Halloween, the first of a trilogy of Halloween episodes. Yep. Um, we are going to ask Carly to share with us, as we do all our guests, her, um, Buffy origin story. Uh, so who was, what was the first episode you saw? Who introduced you? Blah, blah, blah. Oh man. I don't remember the first episode I saw because the, the first time I watched Buffy, it was kind of like mainstreaming it all at once. I, I hadn't really watched it on a regular basis, but the reason, the biggest memory I have of first watching Buffy was... I had to get my tonsils out uh, my junior year of high school uh, over Christmas break. <laughs> so on my for Christmas, my mom gave me season one and two of Buffy on DVD. Um, Amazing. So I basically had to spend the entire Christmas break in my room recovering from my tonsillectomy. And then I was just binging. <laughs> season one and two of Buffy. So with the DVDs that I still have, apparently, because I dug them out to rewatch these episodes <laughs> yesterday. Um, so yeah, I, I don't even have a specific memory of the first one I watched. I guess it must have been Welcome to the Hellmouth. But um, after that, I was obsessed. Did she um, just buy you them apropos of nothing? I or? think she knew I was. it was something I'd be kind of into. Okay. Like, she had never watched it. So I don't know what in her... I probably had seen it and just kept bugging her about it. Like, Mom, I want to watch Buffy. Um... So she got them for me as a gift of like, cause she knew I was going to have to have. Was this, so things. was this like after the show had already ended or? No, the show was still on because I remember, uh, catching up to like season five. And then I remember watching season six live okay. on you when it was on UPN. So yeah. I watched six, season six and seven on a weekly basis and okay. I watched the finale live and cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but caught up like in time, which is, I, I feel like that's how I'm catching up on a lot of shows. Like I did that with Breaking Bad too, mm-hmm. where I watched the first couple of seasons on Netflix and then watched the last season. I keep meaning to do that with the show iZombie because I binge watched the first season and loved it. Um, but then keep, and then like once I tried to catch up with season two, Hulu had already like, it was only like five episodes from the middle of the season yeah, and yeah. I was like, crap, now I have to wait till it's on Netflix. And of course now it is and I still forgot. Right. <laughs> well now, because the, the CW has a deal with Netflix mm-hmm. where like after a show is over, after a week, they yep. put the entire season on. Oh really? Yeah, they used to do it the like the harder way where it was like a week before a show came back, they would put the whole season on. You'd have to watch the whole season right. a week if you want to catch up. But now with CW, they have a special deal where like within a few, within like a week of a show oh. ending, they put the whole season on. Mm-hmm. I knew they were doing that Riverdale, but I didn't know it was like a... Yeah, they did it with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend too, and even though I watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live, I sure as hell sat down and rewatched all of <laughs> so, season two. I have a friend of mine that just started Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He sent me a, a tweet that just has the cap of Josh and Rebecca at Drama Camp, and I'm like, yeah. I didn't. I sent him the Donna gift, like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So today we're going to talk about Halloween, which I think is like a pretty great episode. I don't know. It is a really good episode. Um, I think that it actually does a lot of work and that it, it, it um, doesn't fall into being a one-off as much as people think it does. It actually has a lot of really in- important like character work. Um, and one of the things I love about it is the opening scene. So the opening scene, we open on Buffy fighting this vampire and, but the kind of added thing is that like Spike is watching her and it makes it such a, he, it makes him such an interesting villain because you would never see like the master like spying on Buffy and like thinking about like, oh, how does this girl fight? Like, how do I, and I also think, I think we've talked about this before. I think that they are actually laying the groundwork for Spike being in love with Buffy very early on because she's, he's overly obsessed with her. And I think the idea of like filming her and watching her is very like, yeah. it's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, who's the filmmaker who made Psycho? Oh, Hitchcock. It's very Hitchcock. It's like, who? What's the thing? <laughs> it's very Hitchcock. Like. He's, like, obsessed with her. It's creepy. Well, right, because he sends, like, one of his goons or whatever out with a cam to, like, record her. And then he's playing it back. Like, look at what she does with the, with the you know, yeah. the sign. Like, that's what you call, you know. <laughs> resource Resource, right. And it's, it's weird. It's, like, this weird twisted obsession that becomes a different kind of obsession as the show goes on where he just is so fixated on her and it's i don't know yeah i'm watching it now and knowing what we know like what happens down the line and especially in like i would say like season five six yeah yeah it's it's like oh he's like way too focused on her in a way that i think like as when we see him interact with other slayers when they do backstory episodes later on like he doesn't seem to have that yeah. weird obsession that he does with buffy so it's interesting Well, it's very interesting, too. Like, I mean, in later episodes in this very season, you'll hear Angel say, like, in order to kill this girl, you have to love her and stuff like that. And it's just, like, they're... Obviously, they understand that Buffy is a very powerful slayer. Something's different about her. And um, that scene of Spike having to, like, really... It's, like, you know, it's, like, his version of, like, football. Like, when they make you watch, like, how a team plays. And he's trying his hardest because he knows that Buffy is not, like, an ordinary slayer. Yeah, that's true. So it's part of this, like, greater mythology about Buffy being special and stuff like that. I don't know. Which she is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I do... Also, a question that I had watching it... um, Is that supposed to be Drusilla that she sees in the book, or is it just, like, a random person oh i thought it was just some random chick like he like but then oh yeah but then the weird thing is it's literally just someone's sketch and buffy and willow are acting like it's a like it's a centerfold they're They're like like, oh "Oh my god she's so hot and it's like (laughs) she's she's a sketch with barely a face like (laughs) she's not that gorgeous that was one of the things where i think watching this episode like i didn't really i guess i didn't really remember that part of this how buffy is so worried about like not being the kind of girl that angel would be yeah into. and but it, but i do like that they kind of they they play into that with cordelia in the in the present so yeah. it's interesting because she's like there's this whole weird thing where she's like well i've never been the kind of girl that most guys would be into and cordelia is like when it comes to dating i'm the slayer and and then that juxtaposed with the fact that angel's like hundreds of years old and 
the girls back then are nothing like girls are yeah. now. So I, I do like that aspect of it, but I'm always like, Buffy, come on. Well, <laughs> like, I'm like, also, Buffy, you're hot. Like, right. I don't right. think there's like, a straight I, dude isn't going to be like, ew, no, you're ugly. Right. right. That's the other weird thing is like, I feel like sometimes the show will set it up where there's certain guys that are into Buffy and there's other guys who are like, oh, she's weird. Yeah. And like, I'm like... It's Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, stop trying to convince us that people wouldn't think that she's. Well, that's, that's like kind of like the like they do that a lot on Thirty Rock, where Liz Lemon is like, I get it, like the nerd and whatever, but like also she, the way she like the self deprecating and like the way that like other people around her treat her, it's like she's like a goblin and right. it's like right. come on, like give me a break. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like they really treat her like she's like this like like the crypt keeper yeah like, <laughs> like, like you're idiot like, Tina Fey is gorgeous yeah right. um but uh so I mean not to jump to the very end but it's also funny because there's that moment where they try to make Angel seem like super woke and feminist where he's like the girls back in my day they didn't like they weren't allowed to read and like I like women who can vote and it's just like Angel can you stop like, <laughs> he says, there's some line that he says and it's like vapid fools the lot of them and i'm like okay back it up like why do you still talk like that <laughs> you know like you wouldn't it just it's weird especially because he's saying it in his like non-irish accent which is admittedly terrible oh yeah um, oh, boy. <laughs> ooh, it's rough <laughs> but i do like i do like the scene though where they're looking at the watcher diary in the bathroom buffy and willow and they're talking about how, oh, it must have been so grand to live in that era, like, gowns and getting dressed up and going to parties with yet more gowns. And Willow just goes, I don't know, I think I'd prefer being able to vote. Yeah. Well, wait, there is a moment, so besides from talking about the gowns, Buffy's also, like, servants waiting on you. I'm right. like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Back it up. Back it up a little bit. That's not the only time that, that like, there's the girls on the show talk about servants waiting on them. Oh my god, really? On like handed because Cordelia talks about that. There is, I was just like, there's an episode where Cordelia's like, oh, I wanted someone to do this for me. My dad. That's in Surprise and Innocence. They're talking about Buffy and just like the Buffy surprise party, and she tells Xander, oh well, I you know wanted someone to help me like get like prepare the chips and dip, and I told my father that, but does he ever listen? Right. (laughs) It's like, uh, did you just say that you want like a a personal (laughs) like a maid? Like, uh... um, and. I I think Cordelia does a lot of has a lot of great scenes in this episode. Like, so we are a very pro Cordelia podcast. Um, I don't. Did you watch Angel? I did. I did watch Angel. Not uh, recent. I mean, recently I watched a few episodes before it went off Netflix, which I'm still sad yeah, about. Yeah, me too. And I own it on DVD, but I have no idea where my box set is. <laughs> like, I ha- I know exactly where Buffy is, but I think Angel is buried somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think I wasn't always a Cordelia fan initially when I first watched the show, and now I think it, I think you get to a certain age where you're like Cordelia's awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's interesting. I think she has like a really great arc, mm-hmm. um, and like a lot of like, we we've discussed before. Like in season one, they definitely had no idea what to do with her, other than like she comes by and says a mean thing, right? Or needs to get like saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I really like this is like my favorite kind of Cordelia when she's like forced to kind of like help. And, like, do shit. Like, I really like that. Like, she's just not, like, passing through to say, like, something shitty. Um, and, like, her being annoyed at having to help, for me, is just, like, really great. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Yeah, we get them kind of hatching a little scheme to get the book and then read it in the bathroom. And they have that great scene where they talk to Cordelia and tell her that Angel's a vampire. 
And she's, like, putting on her lipstick in the mirror. It's so, like, fucking, like, jawbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, a vampire. <laughs> but, like, a cute one. Like, a, like a what does she say? Like, like a, Care Bear with fa- a Care Bear with fangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So, um, and but, then they, sorry, go ahead. So, th- like, a weird thing that, like, I always do is I bring up all, like, the trivia. It says that, like, Cordelia doesn't learn the angels of vampire in this episode because she doesn't believe them in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which I get... But later on in the episode, she does say when Buffy's, like, afraid, she's like, yes, Buffy, Angel's a vampire, but he's a good vampire. And, like, this lists it as, like, she says it sarcastically, but I thought at that point she actually meant it. No. Like, she's annoyed and meant it. See, I don't know, because it seemed like she did it just because Buffy was being all hysterical, and she was trying, because she tells Angel, she's like, oh, she has this weird thing where she thinks you're a vampire, or whatever. And then she says, no, he's a good one. He would never hurt you. So at that point, I don't think she knows yet. Huh, yeah. I don't think is it isn't there a part later where she sees his vamp face? But it says that she must learn off screen somewhere huh. because after this episode she does oh, recognize. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Then they then there's like no on screen moment where yeah. she kinda Also, I love that Cordelia is like a cat because it's so like pre mean girls like just putting ears on <laughs> yeah. and just like of course Cordelia is a big cat. <laughs> I'm a cat, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's why I love that scene with Oz where she just walks up to him and he's like, Cordelia, you're like a great big cat. And he's like she's like, That's my costume. Anyway, where's Devin? <laughs> like, right, and then she says, like, when you tell Devin, don't tell him I, that you saw me and he's like, So I just don't say anything. She's like, Yeah, weren't you listening? <laughs> I do love Oz in this episode. I don't know. I feel like I love Oz in general before oh, yeah. at least before I don't like him as much later, but because yeah. uh, there's other issues. But it's just so he's just so funny with Cordelia because I don't think he's trying to be mean to her. He's kind of, he's just amused by her behavior. Yeah. And he's like, and I feel I feel like he's probably thinks Devin's kind of a dick anyway. But yes. he's like, just like he's, like, oh, that's he's my letting friend. Cordelia just like bitch to him, and then he's like, okay, so this... do you want me to say anything or no? <laughs> well, this might be getting too in the we we do some deep character talk on this podcast, <laughs> and I think that Xander and Cordelia are no, not Xander. Sorry, I think Oz and Cordelia like, approach the world from completely different viewpoints because Cordelia is the person who understands how systems work and she, like, understands high school. She's very into the rules of it and, like, the whole thing. And Oz just, like, doesn't care about that. Yeah. He's, like, so, like, the, the earth is flat. We're all in the same thing. Like, there's no <laughs> hierarchies. And Cordelia's very into hierarchies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So to see them interact, like... She is doing this thing where she's talking about girl code and being like, don't tell Devin you saw me, but tell him you saw me, and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, this is absurd. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> right. Like, he just, and that, like, this is absurd is kind of Oz's whole shtick. Like, he looks at everything and he's like, what's going on here makes no sense. Like, stop acting this way. Yeah. yeah. I think I like Oz because he's cool, but he's not, he doesn't, isn't trying to be cool. He's just like, I'm, this isn't. And Cordelia tries her hardest right. to be cool. Right, <laughs> right. Because yeah. she's so deeply afraid of, like, being uncool. I mean, right. later in the season, we'll see, like, that, um, all those scenes where her friends make fun of her for being with Xander and all these things. Yeah. So they actually have a very different, like, relationship with coolness. Like, yeah. Cordelia tries so hard to maintain her coolness because it's fragile. Mm-hmm. And Oz just kind of exudes it by right. being Oz. Oz doesn't care. So by that definition, like... His, his kind of apathy and, like, neutral, you know, he has this nonchalance and then just comes off as being cool without even trying. But I love it because it's, like, Cordelia is going up to him. Clearly, she's trying to complain to him because Devin's his friend. She's, like, yeah. your friend's blowing me off. Like, we're supposed <laughs> to be dating right now. And he's just, like, why are you talking to me about this? Like, go talk to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's... he's 
he I wouldn't say he's above it, but he's like, I don't want to be in the middle of your weird drama. I also love that like Cordelia has probably had like five boyfriends so far in the school year and it's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, the school year starts when like in, August? in like late, late August, September, depending where you are, and it's like, oh, we've been in school for five weeks and each time I have a new boyfriend and they're always being killed. Also, I wanna say that Carly, you just put like the absolute like summation of my crush on Oz. <laughs> like I'm just like as you were saying all that, I'm like, oh yeah. You're right. He's so cool. <laughs> That's why it makes me sad, like, with the way that he leaves the show. Yeah. <sighs> no. I have, I, my, I have my own issues with the way that they, like, brought him back, too, with the whole yeah. like, and Tara thing. Because it... I don't know. I have my head, I have my issues with that. <laughs> well, it was so funny because Oz was not an angry person, and then he went on a spiritual journey to be even more calm. Right. But then the mere smell of Willow on a friend of right, hers right. turns him into the... The fact that, like... Willow and Terror obviously been fucking, and he's like, he can't yeah. handle it. And I am I'm now like, the angriest person right. ever. Like, uh, it make, it make, that part makes no sense. And to it me. feels like he, I, it's crazy that he wouldn't have expected that. Right. It's almost she a little would be homophobic. With someone else. I have my, I have a lot of issues. Like, I have a, one of my friends, uh, Trisha Ennis, wrote this really great piece for uh, fangirls about how Buffy can be a problematic fave because we have this series called Problematic Faves and we talk about like <laughs> Buffy and X Files and stuff. And there's, there's definitely, I think, some issues with like the Willow and Tara relationship and how it's portrayed and like Willow's sexuality is not really ever explicitly stated, but yeah. how much of that is a product of when the show was on and like, right. yeah. if it was on today, like, would she be kind of more, would it be more defined it would be like, or would she be more like, cause it, she does feel very nebulous. Like she always, like there's, I, I tweeted about it once cause I was thinking like what, how would Willow label herself now if the show was airing? Because all, all we really know is she's in a relation, she's in a long-term relationship with Oz. He leaves she starts dating Tara and then she'll just be like, I'm gay now. And you're like, well, but is that part of like the show? Not really knowing how yeah. to talk about sexuality. It's interesting. Like, I think there's a lot to unpack there, but well, it reminds me of this meme that I saw that was like, there was like a thing that was going around Twitter that was like talking about gender with a cis person versus talking about gender with a trans person. And it's like talking about gender with a cis person is like a mom talking to her baby. And then the talking to a trans person is like, like it's that, it's that picture of like Aristotle and Plato like having a really philosophical discussion <laughs> and I feel like this show is like straight people trying to figure out how to talk about yeah. like mm-hmm. turning gay right. and thinking that it's like a switch right. going on and off Yeah. and like she's just like oh now she has now had sex with a woman she is now gay forever yeah. she's <laughs> never going to want another man Right. and this is it Right. and, and they're going to get Miss Kitty Fantastico and be great right, right. <laughs> like, well that was the weird thing is like even when because I was I was even thinking about when when she and Tara are in an established relationship later on. She'll still say things like, "Oh man, I've always had a crush on Giles." Like this, like the episode where they go yeah. to find him and he's singing, <laughs> he's singing the Who at the bar, and she's like, "Don't you think he's sexy?" So like, she's clearly, you know, right. it's it's. I think it's a little more nuanced than what the show. Like you said, I think the show is like straight people trying to figure out how to yeah. talk about sexuality and like and. But I what they did for the time, I think, oh, yeah. really, like can't be understated how important that is. But yeah. um, to get back to what we were saying, <laughs> Oz is great, uh, and I and I just love seeing the beginnings of him and Willow. Like it's still it's cute. Missing yeah. each, it's that whole rom com thing of like they keep missing each other, but he sees right. her and she doesn't see him, and he's like seeing how green beautiful yeah. and adorable she is and <laughs> well let's talk about willow in this episode and like her own struggles with like i don't know embracing like 
you know, she's she's very hesitant to dress up in that outfit that she has on. Um, and I think it's a really, it's a lot of great, like, comedic work between, um, let's just say Sarah and Allison, between, <laughs> like, Buffy and Willow, when, like, she's trying to, like, get her to put it on, and then she comes down and she's in the ghost costume and stuff like that. Oh, so I, I, I think, on, in a lot of ways, like, Willow is, like, the hero of this episode. Like, she kind of corrals everyone. That's true, yeah. She understands what Xander knows and what he doesn't know and what Buffy knows and doesn't know. She has to tell Cordelia and Angel what's going on. She goes to go get Giles and, and get help. She can't turn the page. Right. That's, that's, like, my favorite line the entire thing. Also, I can't turn, turn the page. page. <laughs> but she really is the hero, and we talk about a lot of that, like, in the very beginning of the show, they don't know what to do with Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have her pine after Xander, and it's a very different show from when Willow is, like, the star of season six and seven, basically, and it's all about her. Um, but in the beginning, she doesn't have a lot to do, and this is the first time... It's interesting in an episode where she's, like, debating, like, am I invisible? Am I a ghost? Or am I, like, sexy midriff girl? Like, she moves the action forward mm-hmm. constantly in yeah. this episode. And I mean, this is like probably the start of her because then there's, is it lie to me or dark, it's lie to me where she like gets mad at them. Right. She yells at, and um, yells at Giles and Angel for like, Angel for not having time to get coffee with Buffy and Giles for giving her too much to do and forgetting that she's a teenage girl. Like let her do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is all. <laughs> and by yeah, the end that's... of the season, she's teaching computer class. Yeah. <laughs> And re-insoling Angel. Okay. Right. Like, that's a great, and, you know, and that's the beginning of her magic arc. Yeah. Which yeah. culminates in a really big way. How many yeah. seasons later? Four seasons God, later? yeah. Yeah. So. So, I and mean. I also love Willow, so. Yeah. <laughs> Willow's great. And it, it is great to see her step up and, like, take control of everyone. Because she really is, like, she can be a taskmaster. And it's great to see that come out of her in this episode. Yeah. I also just, like. I do not want to objectify women, but Alison Hagen looks amazing. Uh, I was looking at, I was like, she has abs. Right? She has full on, she has, has six pack of abs. I was like, I, and I was even looking at her going, I was like, does Sarah Michelle Gellar have abs at that point? <laughs> right, like, right. Because I don't, I don't know how much of you see Buffy in like crop top. I think I too. said in another episode, like it feels like somewhere in Alison Hannigan's contract that she, it was almost like with Lucy and Ethel, how like in the contract, like. Ethel, the actress Vivian Vance, had to be like frumpy compared to Lucy. Like, I feel like there had to be a clause in the contract <laughs> right. where they were like, yo, Alison Hannigan's really hot, but like Sarah Michelle Geller needs to be the star. So we're only going to put you in overalls and flower sweaters. Like, that's it. Yeah. Or like when Xander takes his coat off and gives it to Cordelia, I was like, Nicholas Brendan was ripped. Right? Like, he, he was a great like, jack. There was yeah. some definition going on in the bicep area. In the Go like, Fish in episode Go Fish? when he Ooh. walks out in that Speedo. Right. <laughs> I feel like a million people found out they were gay. <laughs> like, if Facebook were out that day, had it happened, on, like, we're around during that episode, so it would be like, guys, I want to come out. <laughs> like, I am not coming out because of Xander. Oh, man. Um, also, we should talk about their costumes. So, it's really weird that, like, this is... For, like, the rest of the series, they touch upon Xander's army knowledge. Well, I was gonna... I, I, I will take umbrage with that. Okay. Because I feel like... Doesn't he only... When does he use it besides Innocence and Surprise? Uh, yeah. Like, I, uh, maybe not much past the season, I think. Well, but maybe once they get to the initiative stuff in season... 
four. That's I mean maybe there's a little Xander's I think the one reference that he's got a little yeah. but but because Xander goes into the initiative with Buffy right but they say that there's I think he says a lot of it's gone by that point oh in graduation day that's the other time he uses it but I think sometime in the initiative plot line he mentions like, he, I think he remembering does, yeah. a little bit left but he's yeah. like I don't like it's gradually you know fading from his does Buffy remember how to be a like, 17th century right. woman <laughs> like she like does she can like make a perfect like etiquette table that's why she that's why she doesn't drive because she still thinks cars are demons <laughs> <laughs> it's a demon <laughs> Um, in this episode oh my god like, I know for like weird 17 1775 I believe <laughs> like it's not quite British right it's, it's not like quite you know it's like when colonial America still had English accents because right. they still had like direct English ancestry right I was like oh you're trying a little bit but it's not great um and like I, I actually do love the scene when Willow first walks in the library and like stares Giles and that's like, a, yeah. like really funny and then he like he's like, oh! and like throws all the papers up in the air um I don't know I, I think this episode is like has really good comedy mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I mean the turn the page line and everything there's like really good like beats and like I I know I already said this but like I just love Cordelia's annoyance with having to help her being like oh it's a big deal blah 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 like who does she who does she look at when she's like you're not oh maybe is it Willow looking at Cordelia being like you're not a cat she's like what? No, Cord- Rulo says, like, your name is Cordelia, you're not a cat, you're a human, and we're your friends, kind of. <laughs> and um, she's like, yeah, when did you get all whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, yeah, no, Cordelia, but there's something else Cordelia says that I can't remember. But, um, I mean, it's all it's all just goodness. Um, I can't remember what I, I was just going to bring something up about this episode, but I can't remember it. Um... Also, back on the Spike talks about Buffy in a sexual way, when when he's telling all those, like, kids to go kill Buffy, he, like, calls her, like, tasty or something. Well, there's... Like, he's, like, out somewhere out there is, like, the tastiest the slayer. the tastiest morsel you've ever, you know... Yeah. Right, and then, and then when he's playing the video... I remember he's playing the video back of her staking the vampire at the pumpkin patch... And he goes, baby likes to play. And I was like... <laughs> That's such a good Ugh! spike impression. That was a really, that good, was a really spike. good spike impression. <laughs> My James Mars spike. I can't do it. It's like certain lines I think I'm like kind of... But it's weird. And then, and then he says stuff like... And then he calls himself daddy at one point, And it's just like... <laughs> like it's nasty well Spike always has the like which is perfect for his character this like air of machismo mm-hmm. where it's actually that he's like inside like this like delicate poet right, where he has like right. a lot of feelings yeah. <laughs> which makes me that's I mean I feel like that's why I love Spike because of that I like love- I can like be like oh look you're a garbage person saying all these like garbage things but like on the inside I know that you're like this like poet who wants to write poetry for people you're in love with mm-hmm. and like you know, runs away crying when you get rejected. Right. Like, like when Drusilla dumps him and he goes into this drinking binge. And yeah. just, like, crying all the time. It's kind of great. Like, isn't that the whole, like, lover's walk? Yeah. Where yeah. he goes to Willow and tells her to do a love spell to make Drusilla fall in love with him again? Like, he's, you know, he's a softie. Then he tries bit. to bite her and he can't perform. Right. Oh, my gosh. There's so... There, I have so many thoughts about... Um, what's the, um... I lost it again. I keep losing everything I'm going to say. Mommy. Oh, so this is the first episode where we meet Ethan Rain. Yes. yes. 
And we have talked about Ethan. I secret. I really like Ethan Rain, mm-hmm. and I feel like I say this with a lot of people, but I really wish they would do more with Ethan. Like he's only in like three episodes in the whole show, but yes. he's a really interesting person. But I also don't get what his plan is. Like this no. happens so often with supervillains. I feel <laughs> yeah. like every every time a movie comes out, there's always a piece like in Vulture, like what was that plan anyway? <laughs> right. And with Ethan Rain, I'm like, you just want to turn everyone to monster for like one night only. Like, yeah, like I feel like he just wants to create chaos. Yeah, because we see him in this episode. He's back in Band Candy, where he's literally just being hired to enchant the candy or whatever yeah. and make everybody you know Go turn crazy. everybody into teenagers. And then New Man. Oh, that's right. Where he parties oh, with yeah. Giles and he turns into a demon. Or Giles turns into a demon. I guess most of his plans are kind but of just But he's basically like... just trying... He basically just rolls in to create chaos. Yeah. I don't think he ever has, like, a master plan at all. Which is... Inter- but I guess maybe that, a lot of that goes back to what we find out about Giles and how it was, like, this 70s... You know, all these 70s punks hanging out in a group, like, conjuring demons and, you know... Like they're probably like doing drugs and yeah. getting do you into think all kinds Giles, of shit. Do you think Giles and Ethan had sex? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Probably, I would say they probably did under like magic. <laughs> <laughs> like they did, like they probably did sex magic. Like it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. They like because it was one of them, like a group of like five or six of them. They probably all like did sex magic. When we stuff. when we talked about Lie to Me, the Dark Age, it was John who was our guest. Well. That episode hasn't aired yet. yet. (laughs) It will be airing after this. Out of order. Well, dear listeners, (laughs) pull that curtain back real quick. I was like, how do I signal to you that we have... (laughs) When we talked about Lighting in the Dark Age on our other episode um, with our friend, he pointed out that... He will point out in the future. He will be pointing out. He will be pointing out that... um, the group of friends that they're with that has all these sex orgies is like five guys and one woman <laughs> and like they're always like yeah we had all these orgies and it's like they never really get down to the fact to, to the fact that like yeah that probably means that Giles and Ethan Rain were totally doing it yeah but like I can I, imagine that these I like punk it. 70s magician dudes yeah. like they yeah and that's why we then we called drugs. Giles a top I think Giles would be the top between yeah. him and oh, Ethan. Rain. Well, yeah, because he beats the shit out of Ethan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode, like Ethan's curled in the fetal position on the ground, and you get cut to Giles, who's just polishing with his ring. Yeah. Such a like fucking kicks him. You know, kicks him oh multiple gosh. times, and he's like, "Tell me how to stop the spell." Oh yeah, Giles yeah. is Giles is like. Yeah. That's the one thing I do like about, or one of the things I like about this episode is it sets up the Giles as Ripper. Yeah backstory because then that leads into like the dark age and we see other stuff where you realize giles had a dark past well one of the interesting things about that is that they really don't take long to tell you that because no. between halloween and the dark age is two, two episodes, episodes. Yeah. Well, yeah. One, well there's only one in between it's yeah, light yeah. Me. and they really get to like they're they're they don't you know hedge, they don't, they don't hedge anything yeah. yeah they're like no oh giles is a badass right <laughs> that's what i like i like i like it when or even in Macy band candy when giles becomes a teenager oh, yeah. and so hot <laughs> yeah uh, and he's um, so shitty but so right. hot like, it's, wait it's, who giles, giles becomes oh, band a teenager candy. Band candy, and he's like <laughs> and he has that he has like almost like that english dirtbag accent where it's not quite as refined as yeah. like king's english you know and then oh <laughs> <laughs> and Joyce falls for it. Joyce, look. If Who would If like, I was Joyce, I'd be like, yeah, let's like, right? Let's like smoke weed. Let's <laughs> listen to Cream albums, and then go out and rob a, you know, and then have sex store. on the hood and of a car, and then have sex on the hood of a twice. Twice. <laughs> Damn. 
I'm surprised they didn't like shoplift a 7-Eleven or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also do really like... So they do a thing that almost feels like really meta for the show when Willow is like, she couldn't have dressed as Xena, which almost feels like too on the nose of a reference in this show. Because it's like, well, then she just would have been kind of herself. Like. Right. right. <laughs> or things like Xena exists. Yeah, right? I feel like there's a lot of times they'll make a pop culture reference and you're like, oh, so it exists in the Buffy universe. Right. That's so weird. It feels like, like Xena, Xena shouldn't show. exist in the Buffy right. universe. Right. Like Xena's a TV show that exists in yeah. Buffy. Yeah. I feel like they even have made references on Buffy to shows that were on the WB. Like, At I feel the like they've time. referenced Dawson's oh, Creek yeah, they once have. or twice. And this the series finale, she tells Angel, you come and go all Dawson on me every time I get yeah. a new boyfriend. That's so insane. Like, in shows that were airing at the same time. So it was yeah. Even, right. Because like, Dawson was the Buffy lead-in for a while. Yeah. Right. On Tuesday nights. Oh. <laughs> and I think they might make a Felicity joke during the fresh during yes, the college because, uh, year. Doesn't somebody cut their hair and they say you went all Felicity or whatever? Yeah. I think I forget who it is. I don't but. remember who it was either. Um, also, I just want to say that I love that when Buffy gets becomes Buffy again, that her first thing she says a spike is "Hi, honey, I'm home." I don't know. I just think that's like very perfect because it like almost like. Like, is, like, his machismo, but she's, like, throwing it back at him. Like, I feel like that's something he would say to her. So, yeah. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> and then, so, like, her beating him up. Like, I, really, I really want to talk about this episode in the pantheon of Halloween episodes. Um, mm-hmm. There's this one, and then there's Fear Itself, mm-hmm. and then there's All the Way in season six. Oh, that's right. Are those the only Halloween episodes? Those are the only three. Oh. Huh. Which I always love because the show sets up that nothing ever happens on Halloween, and then of course shit happens on Halloween. Right. <laughs> but I forget because All the Way is actually a terrible episode, and I forget <laughs> what the bad guy is. It's like first you think it's that like you think it's that old man, man with the knife. It's just they're vampires. Yeah, yeah, it's just vampires yeah. or whatever. And then Fear Itself is iconic. But mm. but I think Halloween and Fear Itself are both iconic. Yeah. But um yeah, they do set up the mythology that Halloween is supposed to be boring. Um, but each time, actually, if you think about it, I mean, it's regular vamps, I guess, and all the way, but it's, like, humans who kind of fuck it up on Halloween and make it bad. Like, yeah. Halloween is about Ethan Rain, and right. then Fear Itself is about the frat boys. Right, that paint the symbols on the... Right, and get Gaknar. Right. <laughs> I think Fear Itself might be my favorite Halloween yeah. episode. Yeah, but I do love that they reference Halloween in Fear Itself. Like, I came prepared, yeah. so if shit goes down and we get turned <laughs> into our costumes again, like... Yeah. But then Xander dresses as James Bond, they're like, are you sure it's not going to be glorified waiter? You know, because he's just wearing a tux. But it's funny that, like, Xander does that, but, like, Buffy decides to be Little Red Riding Hood. It's like, have you learned nothing? Yeah, like, <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood, and she's carrying weapons in her basket. Yeah. But what, will that really help anything? Yeah. She'll be, like, there's a character in, like, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I forget oh, yeah, who it is, yeah, but she's, like, is. a Little Red Riding Hood with, like, a gun in a her basket. A giant gun, yeah. Um, but, um... Yeah, no, I, I actually think that Halloween is my favorite of the Halloween episodes. I like it more than Fear Itself because I feel like it has larger reaching implications for the whole show than Fear Itself does, which to me feels like a bottle episode or just like a whatever, like its own thing. Except the two things I think, it, I mean, because season four is all about them thinking about who they are, I do like that it plays on their fears because Willow is scared that her magic is bad and, right. and stuff like that. And I do like that 
Anya tries Anya. to save them. And I, that's like my favorite. Like, oh, I and love... Ch- Chainsaw Giles. And Chainsaw Giles. Chainsaw Giles. <laughs> <laughs> Anya... They're like, look, it's Giles. He has a chainsaw. <laughs> like, Anya in that bunny costume is one of my favorites. So there is a lot of iconic stuff, but I just, I do love Buffy in her big dress, which I don't, I really want to know how much Ethan charged her for, because <laughs> it should probably be like $400, and he's like, like, I'll make you a deal. I was like, Buffy has no money. Right. She does not have a part-time job. <laughs> no. And costumes are expensive, even like the shitty ones are right. really right. expensive. And that's like, a, that's like a Broadway stage quality <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outfit. So many bows, though. I was like, there's so many both on this dress. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like I don't have much else to say about this episode. What else? I mean... I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I I will say it's... When when it comes time for Buffy, when she gets back into herself or whatever, they Giles breaks the statue, um, she she's holding, like, a huge pipe and she knocks Spike out. And this is the first of many times that she could have easily... Yes. Kills him and doesn't. Yes. <laughs> it was like, you know, you know, they're setting him up to be a bigger character anyway. But it's like, come yeah. on, <laughs> like why wouldn't you just kill him? He was. You knock him onto his back, and he's <laughs> laying there with his arms splayed open, like chest fully within. You know, and she doesn't. She just lets him run away. I mean, like she does that with so many she, people too. She's with Angel later in the two. Apparently, also in the What's My Line two parter, he was supposed to die yeah. when the organ falls on him. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I read online. That he was supposed to die, and Drusilla was supposed to live, and then it was supposed to be Drusilla and Angel. Just oh. doing it and <laughs> and being bad, right? But like something about they like they, they James, love James Marsters, right. so they just kept wanting to keep. Well, him. I read that I think Joss Whedon has done that a lot. I read that there was like a bunch of characters that he actually meant to be just in a few episodes, but then he really liked the actor. Yeah, like with Anya, he was only going to use her in the Wish and Double Gangland, but then he really liked Emma Caulfield, thankfully because she's a fucking delight. She's amazing. Um, and like with Wesley, he wanted to kill Wesley, um, in Graduation Day, but then like didn't. And then that worked because then he went to Angel yeah. and became a way better character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I think like Faith as well was supposed to die. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's like cool that he can just be like, oh wait, I like this person. Let me just keep him around. Um, yeah, and uh, um, in this episode, I would have liked to see. So like when Oz drives by Willow. It's really funny how, I mean, it is very Oz that he's just like, who is that girl? Not like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he's just like, oh, who's that girl? She's hot. Like, I would have liked to see more people dealing with, like, maybe, like, at the school or, like, I don't know, some other people. Here's a question. How does Sunnydale forget that all of their kids became monsters <laughs> for one night only? And attacked an old lady? Yeah. Yeah, like, they, like she chokes him. She's like, do you want more chocolate, Mr. Monster? He's like, no, I want your death. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. And she's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, do you just forget that? Right, like, I'm pretty sure those kids straight up murdered that lady. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure there were a lot of random murders that night. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. And then that's at so one weird. point, actually, so this is what's really interesting, right? At one point, um... Xander points his gun at a vampire mm. and Willow's like, there's, there's a civilian in there. And it's like, wait a minute, that might just be a vampire. Right, yeah, because like, they look like regular... Yeah, they have the squishy the same, face, yeah. so you don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's probably best to hedge your bets and not kill anyone that night. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's just very interesting that she's very quick to be like, that's a civilian, don't do it. Because, yeah. like, it could... It could be. The but, same vamp face as an yeah. actual vampire. It's weird. 
But, but I also, I, if we're, if we're really, I don't think that that girl was a vampire because she wasn't dressed the way you would dress for a vampire on Halloween. Like, I feel like if you're dressing as a vampire for Halloween, you wear, like, a Dracula cape. <laughs> or wasn't something. she wearing, like, a weird black? She had some weird, like, yeah. with the drapey sleeves and yeah. stuff, which could have been, like, a, a costume, yeah. costume or whatever. All right, so how would you grade this episode? Oh, I... I don't like it as much as Fear Itself in terms of Halloween episodes. Same. But it does, like we were saying, it sets up a lot for a lot of the characters. Like, it sets up, it continues to set up the Willow and Oz relationship. It sets up Dark Giles. It sets up, uh, it does a little bit more with, like, the Buffy and Angel relationship and kind of brings Cordelia in more to the group. Yeah. So, with that, I would probably say, like, B plus, A minus, like right. right around there. All like right. it's not my favorite all time episode, but it's it's still really solid. So I think I'm like wavering between B B plus. I think I might stay with just like a straight B. How about you, Matthew? I'm at a B plus. All right, so we're all kind of there. <laughs> all right, great. We're all yeah. <laughs> um, okay, thanks for listening. Um, Wait, can... which out which costume would you want to be if you had? Oh to yeah, be? which oh, one man. would you want to be? It like from the Halloween episode. If I had to pick yeah. one to be. Mm. I'd be the cat. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't become anything. But you don't become anything. I know. <laughs> I don't want to become anything. I just want to be a sexy cat. All right. Mm. Maybe the ghost. Although, with, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to touch anything. But then you also wouldn't, no one would be able to hurt you. Yeah. So probably, right. probably the ghost. I think the ghost as well. Yeah. yeah. I think you just sold. I was like, I don't know. And then you sold <laughs> me I was ghost. either that or the army guy because then you get a gun. But I was like, I feel like that gun's scary. Like the one that yeah. he has in the show. I'm like, it's a little scary. It's like I a also, big machine I, gun. Well, I love the shot where he like, it has the plastic tip because it's like a fake gun mm-hmm. and he like drops it down and it's like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> right. It's like an AK-47. Or right, right. It goes from like being just a handgun to like the biggest fucking yeah, and he and he like fucking just shoots it at random people, <laughs> right. and it's like I um, would be afraid that I like would you kill yeah, like yeah, someone? Yeah, I would kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> by accident. Like, I like that even... it's yourself. No, I was like, I'd <laughs> no. be worried I'd shoot someone no. else. But guns, you're like... make me, guns make me nervous, so I don't, I don't know. So probably the ghost. Hmm. Yeah, ghost. Because also Willow like fixes the whole thing. Yeah. So like, yeah. great, I can like handle it. Yeah, I want to like... be a sexy cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ian X Carlos. I'm at Matthew Rodriguez, Matthew with one T and Rodriguez with a G and a Z. I'm on Twitter at Carly Lane. And you also have a podcast, correct? I do have a podcast. I co-host uh, the Supergirl Radio podcast. So if you like the CW show or the comic incarnation of Supergirl... We're going to be doing a lot of comic stuff over cool. the summer, so check Cool. And you can follow our podcast on Twitter at SlayerFestX98. Thanks for listening. Bye.